Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Paddock Chat, a West Midlands Group original podcast created to keep local growers in the loop without having to leave the paddock. I'm your host, Kira Holly, and I work at the West Midlands Group. In today's episode, I caught up with Head of Succession Planning at Rabobank, Rosemary Bartle. Now, you may have guessed it already from Rosemary's title, but today we will be covering the tricky topic of succession planning. In our conversation, Rosemary shares her advice on how to get started, what to expect, and who should be involved in the planning process, how to keep things fair for all parties, and working through family conflict to get the best result possible. Before we get into it, here's a little bit about our guest. As I mentioned earlier, Rosemary is the head of succession with Rabobank. Based in Adelaide, she works with farming families to assist them in negotiating the complex process of business succession. After growing up on the family farm in eastern Victoria and conforming to the convention of the day regarding farm succession, Rosemary left the farm in the capable hands of her older brothers and developed a career in the next best thing, working with farmers. Following a degree in agricultural science, Rosemary has spent 30-something years working with farming families in management and business consulting and training and facilitation roles across the length and breadth of Australia, including both the agricultural and pastoral regions. This conversation was recorded in early August of 2020. Now, because this is such a meaty topic, today's episode is a bit longer than usual. Future episodes will not go for this long. We didn't want to cut out any of the awesome information that Rosemary had to share, so we hope you enjoy. Now, before we hear from today's guest, I'd just like to say the information provided in this podcast is general in nature and may not be wholly appropriate for your purposes or situation. We recommend that you seek appropriate professional advice before implementing actions based on information provided in this podcast. Right, let's get into the fun part. Hi, Rosemary. I'm very excited to speak to you today about the topic of succession planning, something that every farming family goes through and sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's not so easy. So thanks for coming and welcome to the show. Thank you, Kira. Lovely to be here and talking about succession planning. We'll jump right into it. What is succession planning? Succession planning really is, well, it's a massive topic, but if, if you wanted to distill it you know, into a few words, it, it really is about transitioning the, the farming business and assets and the family assets from one generation to the next and ensuring that all family needs where we can are, are taken care of and considered during the process. Now, transitioning a business, you think, oh, God, well, that sounds pretty easy, can't be too much involved in that, but there is an awful lot involved in it. And if you look at what are the broad topics that a family needs to be considering when they are looking at transitioning the business. You know, we, we've got to be looking after the older generation, if I dare call us that. You know, that that's number one priority is making sure that they're looked after in terms of the roles and responsibilities that they may wish to continue on with in the business for as long as they can. It's about making sure that they're looked after financially in the future. And, that, and when I say financially, that encompasses both income requirements and, you know, capital requirements as well. So that's always the first thing we need to look at. And and from there we need to look at well, and ask the questions, well, what are the opportunities in this business, on this farm, for the next generation, the younger generation? What opportunities are there? Can children be accommodated if they want to be? And how many can we accommodate? Them? And when can we accommodate those? It's also about, well, how do we transition the decision-making and the management 
of the business from one generation to the next? How do we transition ownership of the actual business and when do we do that? And likewise, how and when do we transition the ownership of the assets, you know, and in particular the land asset of the business? Is that something parents would consider doing during their lifetime or is it something that they only want to pass on through their estate? You know, the other the other big topic in all of this is inheritance and how do you make inheritance fair for all children, whether they are involved in the family business or whether they're off doing other things? So even though succession planning is about transitioning the business, there's an enormous amount of, of issues that sit behind that that need to be dealt with for it all to be successful at the other end. I think primarily the end goal is about family relationships being intact at the end of it and that we stick together and work together and still feel like we're a family. So we don't want families fractured as a result of this process. We want people to understand what it is that everybody wants to achieve, what they expect, what their issues and concerns are, make sure that everybody feels that they've been listened to and treated uh, fairly. And at the end of the day, we all still get along. And I think really that is the ultimate, the ultimate goal is to keep the family together. Definitely. And, And like you said, keeping everyone happy, that's always the hardest part. What are the key benefits of the succession plan? Why should people consider doing this? I think a lot of the benefit, Kira, actually comes through the process itself, working through the succession planning process. Um, And that's because this process involves the family sitting down and communicating in, in a very open and honest and transparent manner about what their aspirations and goals are, what they're expecting what their issues and concerns might be and just that feeling that they've been listened to, they've been heard and they've been understood. So just that process of communication in itself is a massive benefit to families. You know, we're not taught to communicate very well. Mm. We don't we don't practice it well. Majority of farmers, you know, tend to be towards uh, the introvert side of the extrovert, introvert spectrum, if you like. It's easier just not to talk. So the process of actually sitting down and saying, okay, we're going to work through succession and we're going to communicate about this, that in itself can really help to bring a family together and, and understand each other. And I think, well, okay, so there is a lot of benefit in the process, but if, you, if you're asking, well, what are the benefits of a plan in itself, it's about getting clarity for everybody about what's going to happen in the future. You know, when's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? And, you know, a lot of angst, a lot of stress comes through uncertainty. So if we're not communicating about what's going to happen with the farm and the business in the future, people start to make assumptions, often incorrect, and that mm. angst and uncertainty is there. But once we've talked about all this and we've got a plan in place, people have clarity. They know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and we can start working together, getting it happening, and, and that's important. And there are agreements there. 
it really does take a lot of angst out of that, well, what is going to happen in the future? Do we have to wait until the reading of mum and dad's will? No, we've worked it all out. It's all written down. We've got to agreement. We know exactly how it's going to be. So they're, they're the benefits. It's the process and the plan that we get out the other end. So what's involved in creating an, a succession plan working through that process and how long does it take? Is, is there an average time that people can expect it to take or does it vary for every family? Oh, look, Kira, it varies for every family. And, it, and it's a very common question when, when people ring and say, okay, we want to get started on a succession plan. How long is it going to take? And I said, oh, I've got no idea. I don't know. Um, and you don't know until you get into it because even though the general issues around succession in farming are pretty much constant, every family situation is unique. Uh, there are different issues that need to be dealt with. And so you don't know until you get into it. So, you know, for some people, you might have, you know, one one meeting and they're okay for a couple of years. They've got enough out of that to put some plans in place, get rolling for a couple of years. And then when there's another milestone met, it might be time for another meeting. Or you might get another situation where they're coming to you at a point where the business needs to split and it needs to happen quickly. So you might have four or five meetings in very quick succession to get a resolution on that. I've worked with some family, the, actually three generations in, a, in uh, working in the business, and you might come together to sort succession out from the oldest to the second generation, get that all sorted, and then you might have to start on the second to third generation fairly quickly, or that may have to wait. Yeah, it's very hard to determine how long it's going to take. Um, And then on the other hand, you can say, well, it never stops. (laughs) It's an an ongoing process, particularly if you've Mm. got subsequent generations coming up. And just in terms of your question of what's involved in, in getting going with succession, you know, it, it's about the family determining what their needs are and what their issues are and what they need to deal with. And it is about the communication. It's not about solutions initially. Our tendency is to want to jump to solutions, but to make a succession plan work well, you need to sit down as a family and communicate about those needs and wishes and expectations, work out what it is you want to do and how you want to do it before you find the solution. Yeah, okay. So how do you know when it's time to seriously start considering getting a plan in place? I always say that can be answered in two words, (laughs) start (laughs) early. (laughs) Um, And that's always the critical message, start early. Um, The Mm. earlier the better. The earlier a family starts on succession, the more options there are available to them. Um, we can get, you know, good business governance, good business communication starting early. Issues can be dealt with before they escalate. Um, and then the next question invariably is, well, how early is too early? Uh, mm. And I say, look, ideally, if there are, if you have children who are considering returning to the farm or have only perhaps been home for a few a few years, at that is an ideal time to start because you can start working out 
you know, the story, the, 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 the family business charter, if you like, around, well, this is how we work together. This is how we're going to communicate at a business level. These are employment conditions, lurks and perks. Um, this is how you will earn equity in the business. This is how you're going to earn your decision-making and your management stripes. You know, this is, this is how it's going to work. You, you don't apply for a, you know, a business, uh, apply for a job with a business in town without knowing mm. what the job is and what those conditions are. And it shouldn't be any different from one of your family members coming into your farming business. So the earlier you start talking about those things so that if somebody's considering coming home, they know how it's going to work before they make that deci- that final decision and that it helps really helps to prevent any angst and conflict building down the track. And then, you know, people will often ask and say, well, okay, how, you know, how old should children be to start the process, to start talking about succession? And I say, look, it's not necessarily about age, it's more about maturity. You know, I've worked with Mm -hmm. families where 14-year-olds have been involved and they've been very clear about what's important to them. And bearing in mind that things are going to change and you would expect them to change for somebody that young, but they've been able to articulate what their thoughts are and at the current time what they would like to be doing. And on the other hand, I've worked with families who might have 24-year-olds involved and you don't get much more, more than a grunt out of them. It's about maturity more so than than age and you know parents are are in the best are in the best place to to judge that and i think the critical message is start early because you've got more options you can you can prevent issues escalating and when you do start early bear in mind that your planning needs to be flexible because people's aspirations will will change as their circumstances change and you need to be in a position where you can revisit things and take into account those changing circumstances. Um, yeah, so again, you know, in terms of getting started, it's, it is about getting all the family around the table talking about, well, what is it that we want to achieve? What's everybody expecting? What issues do people see? What concerns do they, you know, do they see? Um, now, that all sounds very easy. That, that first step is what puts a lot of people off. Uh, it's a mm. difficult step and it is it is difficult and it's easier for people to put off because there's so much at stake here. You know, it's a, it's highly emotional. And, the, and you know, people are often ask me, well, what makes succession planning in farming so much more complex than, say, you know, if your father was a, a doctor in town, for example, and there's, you know, there's so much more at stake. The, the, there's our family history sitting there. It's it's our family legacy. Um, things like your sense of belonging and place, um, standing in community. All those things are very important to us. And then on top of that, you put you put assets in there that have very high values on them. And there is an awful lot at stake. So it's very hard 
for a family to sit down and talk about these things. There's a lot of fear there and people may not necessarily feel safe to say what they want to say. So it is a very difficult step, but it's the most important step that people need to make in in the succession planning journey. How can you go about it to make those family members that don't necessarily feel safe, how can you make them feel more comfortable opening up and talking about these tricky subjects? I think it it really is about having somebody there, uh, an outsider, a facilitator to help you through that, to create that self, to, to create that safe environment so that mm-hmm. people feel that it is safe to raise the issues um, that, you know, they if there are particularly tough issues, topics, subjects they want to talk about, the a facilitator can diffuse a lot of the emotion out of that. They can normalise emotions. And, look, emotions in these situations are normal and they are expected. Mm. It's just the bad ones that aren't acceptable. You know, we, we don't like fisticuffs or yelling and swearing or storming out, those sorts of things. Um, but just making sure that people understand that our emotions are normal and they are acceptable and that you can talk about these things and having somebody else, an outsider there, to talk through to the rest of the family can really help help that along. Um, and making sure that people talk about the issues, talk about behaviours, but don't attack the person trying to do the family trying to do this on their own is is a fraught process, um, and it, and it's all about you know making sure that people have that opportunity to talk, that they feel as if they're being heard, and that mm-hmm. the issues are fully explored. So if they say something, so for example, um, you know a parent might say, oh well, no, no, I'm I don't want to hand over the land. So you start to explore that to find out, well, what is, you know, what's preventing that? Uh, Mm. And it might be, well, I don't feel secure if I do. So, you know, what's driving that feeling of security? What do you need to feel secure? So that everybody understands those needs and and what's driving those. So it it can diffuse a lot of, you know, a, a child wanting to own the land now and mum and dad not wanting to hand over that ownership and, and getting the family to an understanding of, of why that roadblock might be there. Um, mm. So if you've got somebody helping with that communication process, it just makes it a whole lot easier, a lot safer, and you're ensuring that that the issues are fully explored. So getting a third party involved is sometimes the key to success then for those tricky situations. Yes, and even if it's not tricky, it really helps to diffuse that emotion, take the emotion out of the situation and yeah, okay. and, and make sure that that everybody does have that, that fair opportunity to talk and be mm. understood and that the issues mm. are fully, fully explored. And I think the other thing to bear in mind, it's really hard to run a meeting when you're involved in it as well. So, yeah, to get full involvement, of all the family members, good idea to have somebody else running it for you. And a little bit less 
um, bias and emotional baggage perhaps having that someone in there that isn't emotionally or financially invested won't have that bias. Yes. Mm. So then who should be involved in the succession planning process in terms of family? I always recommend that all family members, uh, including partners and spouses, whether they're on the farm or off the farm, need to be involved. Now, as I say that, I can hear very sharp intake of breath from listeners <laughs> and grimaces on people's face. Uh, yep, I did. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bone of contention, that one. Look, it's, <laughs> it's important that everybody in the family hears the same thing in at the same time <clears throat> and in the same place. Yeah, and decisions that are made about the farming business and the farming assets have the potential to impact all family members, particularly around inheritance. <coughs> if we exclude certain people, um, it gives them the message that, you know, we actually don't consider you to be part of this family or part of the business. You haven't got anything to offer. The outcome of that is, whether it's done deliberately or subconsciously, they can derail the process. You know, you end up with pillow talk. So you might have a child who's involved in the farm, uh, their spouse isn't included in the succession meetings, the family gets to agreement, all seems fairly amicable, and then a few weeks later that that child comes back and says, no, not doing that, don't agree with that. And you think, well, where did this come from? You know, it's the pillow talk. Somebody who's been left out is poking them in the ribs and saying, no, no, you're not agreeing to that. You go back and change Mm. that. So, you know, look, there are risks of inclusion and there are risks of exclusion. And more often than not, the risks of excluding somebody are far greater than the risks of including them. Mm. It's you hear the same reasons for wanting to exclude people oh we don't want them to know what the assets are that they work off farm they don't need to know what we're doing but there are you know there are big risks in that now I have I have worked with families where we've made the decision to exclude people because of issues um, you know addiction issues and Mm -hmm. it not being wise for people those people to understand what the assets and income of that business may be for obvious mm. reasons. So, you know, that, that's a very, very rare case, but that, that's an example of where the risk of exclusion is much less than the risk of inclusion. Families need to be, need to be included. You'll generally find that people's fears about in-laws knowing what the business circumstances uh, those fears I, I've actually never seen played out. The benefits of including everybody so that they understand the family, understand the business, actually ends up bringing the, the families closer together. I guess because there's nothing hidden under the rug for people to make those assumptions about. Like you were saying earlier, the assumptions can sometimes be one of the biggest issues in succession mm. planning. So it mm-hmm. removes that. Yes, assumptions are often wrong. It's just these stories that play around in our heads and we think they're, we think they're the truth, but no, we have to hear it from the horse's mouth. 
That brings us to the end of this episode, but that's not the end for this topic. You can expect part two of our conversation with with Rosemary on the next episode. We'll hear more advice from Rosemary and get into the nitty gritty of what's involved in the process and working through conflict as a family. So some key messages. So some key messages from today's conversation. Start early. It can become more complicated and create unnecessary tension the longer you wait. Communication is the key to success in succession. Ensuring all parties can comfortably talk about their expectations can create a positive environment to plan for everyone's needs. Inclusivity can reduce the risk of baseless assumptions getting in the way of a plan that suits all parties. You can get in touch with the Rubber Bank Succession Planning Team via the details in today's show notes, where there will also be some useful resources if you would like further information on tackling succession planning in your farm business. The best way to receive our updates and to stay in the loop with the latest in local research is by becoming a West Midlands Group member. Our members are an essential part of why we do what we do, and we pride ourselves on ensuring members like you receive relevant, innovative information. A membership gets you early access to our workshops, free or discounted entry for up to three farm business members to our major events, including Springfield Days, and exclusive access to a member-only publications like our technical newsletter, the WMG Quarterly. For more information, visit our website where you can sign up anytime. And thank you as always for tuning in. We want to know what you want to hear about. In the show notes, you'll be able to find a link titled Podcast Feedback where you can let us know who you want to hear from, what you want to hear about, and it would just give us a better idea of what you guys are interested in. You can stay in the loop by subscribing so that you know when the next episode drops. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a review. I'd like to thank our sponsors and members without whom this would not be possible. See you next time for some more Paddock Chat. Local knowledge from a paddock near you.